Greetings, Christian Faith Baptist Church disciples, saints of the Most High God. Welcome again to our Bible study. And as I just mentioned moments ago, we are in Romans chapter 14 tonight as we continue our study in the Word of God. Um, before we uh, begin, I'd just like to share a word of announcement. The um, Family Heritage Ministry has put together um, a, I'm not sure if I'll call it a symposium. Uh, you'll see information in the newsletter. Um, it's about uh, getting your papers in order, getting your papers in order. And that is um, preparing things like your, your will. How do you prepare uh, yourselves? And so there'll be more information in the newsletter. Um, it's coming up. I'm not sure if anyone from the committee is there because I don't remember the time offhand. So, but it is coming up on June the fill in the blank for me. June the 10th. June the 10th. At what time? 30 to 12 noon by Zoom. Okay. And so you'll you'll see the links and all the information, but I wanted to get that information out there to you. So pass the word along is vitally important because. Um, as probably many of you are aware, when it comes to the end of life, there's so many that do not have a will prepared, and that makes it more difficult on the family. And so the more that we can do to prepare, um, because, well, I'll leave it for them to talk about it. But again, this is an important um, thing that yes, we're doing. If so, they do not have the internet, we will have a dial-in number and they will be able to call the church office and get that number beginning Monday. Amen, amen. And, and once they express uh, that they, they want, we'll make certain they get the packet so they can follow the attorney through her presentation before the 10th. Praise God. And again, thank you, Family Heritage Ministry for the effort that's being put in to get our house in order and our papers in order, amen. Well, let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this night, for again, to come together as a people of God to study your word, that we be thoroughly equipped unto every good work. And now, Lord, open up our hearts, mind, and understanding that we will not only be hearers of the word, but we will be doers of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, uh, Reverend Krepsak, for leading us last week in Romans, Romans chapter, chapter 13. 13. Okay, I'm, I'm going to ask, thank you. So sometimes if somebody, so few, too many people have their mics on, I, we get feedback. So uh, please, if uh, you can, just be muted and we can always in, get involved in the discussion. But when there's too many mics open, especially if there's, someone has theirs loud, it may cause some feedback. So thank you very much for that. So if you have noticed that we made some time to time, um, put somebody on mute, we kind of hone in on where the um, in interference is coming from. We're not trying to cut anybody off, just having clear reception for all. So amen. So we're going to go to Romans chapter 14. And I'm going to go ahead and re read the first, um, I think it's 12 verses. Let me get to it real quick. We're going to read from verses 1 through 9. Yeah, 1 through 9 for now. And then we'll 
pick up again. Romans chapter 14, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in, the, in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. I'm going to stop there. There's a, a whole lot in this particular um chapter, and, and let me just back up a little bit. As we went through chapter 13, and at the very end, um, the last uh, verse or so says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. And so we are putting on the Lord Jesus, walking out our faith. And as we walk out our faith, it's how do we live in relationship with one another? We're going to be going through uh, tonight, chapter 14. Uh, but in, in reality, chapters 14 and 15 are linked together. And once we get to chapter 15, we'll, we'll see that. So chapter 14 and 15, although we're looking at them separately, they're very much closely linked together in terms of, excuse me, dealing with our relationships one to another. And so it's <clears throat> as we look at chapter 14, and we read just a few verses, the first nine verses, but just want to get again your feedback on maybe one or two things just in this section or those who have already read the whole chapter. What are some of the things, one or two things that stand out to you on this section on Romans chapter 14. Uh, judgment. Not to be, Go ahead. Not to be judgmental of others. Okay. Not to be judgmental. And, and also, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I, so also, I was going to say what Jabba said about judgment. Also on secondary matters, how, how crucial is what you're doing? Ah, okay. In the scheme of things. Okay, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. Okay, very good. I I always like to take make links, and we did so before when uh, I mentioned as we looked at Romans twelve about how it mirrors so well from the Sermon on the Mount, and what this is another aspect of this where in Jesus' message in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, you know. Judge not lest ye be judged. So same kind of 
thing. This is all, in, in essence, this is about kingdom living. And part of kingdom living is in our relationship to one another. Uh, what are the things that are our priorities? Okay. So anybody else? And just in this verse, first nine verses. Okay. So let's, let's go back to verse one. And I'll, I'm just going to read it again. And just I want your, your thoughts just on this very fir first verse. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. And as already Deacon Taswell mentioned about you know, what are our priorities. But I found it interesting how it starts off as for the one who is weak in faith. So what, what do you all think of that? How did that strike you? Because uh, it seems like it's just almost coming out of nowhere. Um, but what 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 came to your mind as you heard that first verse being read? Or you read that first verse? As for the one who is weak. Stri strikes me that he's speaking to us about the importance of humility in okay. our, the Lord and our relationship with one another, never to get the feeling of self-righteousness that we're better than anybody else but even the one that would be considered the weakest among us is just as important in the kingdom of god and we have to accept them and to welcome them and to encourage them in their walk as well and he had just reminded us in chapter 13 love your neighbor Amen. yes so this is a continuation of that hope of that grace and mercy and humility so all of these virtues, again, this is kingdom virtues of loving one another. This is another way that this is expressed. That, um, and I like the way that you, uh, Brother Morrissey, express it, expressed it in terms of the one who is considered weak. Um, and that, that's an important distinction because it's, it's not better than, it's not like <laughs> stronger than, weaker than. It's what one may consider. So let, let, we're going to dig into that a little bit more. I think somebody else was going to say something. I hadn't spoken up, but I was thinking also in agreement with what's been said that we, uh, lest we forget that we too had to grow as believers okay. and that at some point we were the ones who might have been looked down upon if we had not been groomed and accepted. Amen. So I'll go back to the word humility. We also do this by remembering where we came from, remembering where what we had to go through. So the one who is strong, um, you know, don't don't look down on the one who is considered uh, weak. So um, as for the one who is weak, and this is not a judgment on that that this person is somehow again inferior and that the one who is strong is superior this is not inferior superior this is about convictions and how they understand and process things so again the, i'll ask the question as for the one who is weak in faith and that is their belief their understanding of issues and we'll get into some of the issues that paul uses as an example 
And of course, it's about food, two examples that are used, food or days of the week. But that could be taken in a broader sense as well. But the examples that we're going to look at is about food and certain days of the week. So the question to you is, how do we treat others in the body of Christ? And I think Brother uh, Inman already mentioned that, that it's, again, a carryover from chapter 13. What's how do we treat other? What's the the ethic behind all that? Is what love. So how do we treat? Uh, we we start from the point of love. And so again, I want to make sure that we understand the one that is weak in the faith is not one that is inferior, but it's one who has. Um, I don't think we've all been there where we may have been struggling through whatever issue. Um, and so it's just a, a different perspective and how they see things, how we're processing things and how we love and being patient with one another. And what does he tell us to do in verse one? As for the one who is weak in faith, do what? Welcome him or her. Embrace. Not to be in judge, and, but not to quarrel over opinions and so from the very outset is that this you're, you're this important of our relationship with one another and accepting and welcoming one another and don't quarrel over opinions the body of christ can be fractured and divided because of we might would think just our issues that aren't have nothing really to do with salvation or faith, but we get caught up in, as uh, the expression is called, majoring in the minors. And we make those the more important things. Um, so he starts going into the one issue and one person. Okay, now let me just say this. Have you Do you know what a vegan is? And a vegetarian yes. Yes. <laughs> and a carnivore. So kind of maybe start thinking in some of those terms. So there are is one person may eat anything. Mm -hmm. Can I can I, I did y'all eat dinner already? Can I talk about, you know, putting on the grill, the your steak that you've had marinated all <laughs> all day or overnight. Um, then you put some, some what do they call it shrimp on the barbie and that's okay you know so all of those and you you can eat all of that and then there's others that they don't eat meat um what is it called pes pes pescatarians yeah. not presbyterians <laughs> pescatarians <laughs> vegetarians and they don't eat meat at all or anything that has anything to do with animals and and it's become it's it becomes something that and 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 why is that what sometimes it's about culture so people are coming out of different cultures and backgrounds and they don't eat certain things or they may eat certain things and so we have to be sensitive to one another so he said one person may eat anything and the other person may eat only vegetables but no matter what, what does he tell us to do? Do not do what? Verse 
let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats for God has welcomed him. So from the first verse, we are to welcome him. And if, if that's not good enough, remember God has welcomed each one of those people. And I, and I, I don't want to gloss over this and I want to go back to um, that verse verse three again let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains and let not the one who passes judgment on the one who eats for god has welcomed him so that's that's our beginning point that we are to treat one another as god will has god has treated us verse four again encourages us or challenges us. Don't pass judgment. And we've we've talked about that. And what does that mean? Why, why does it say do not pass judgment? Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. So who's the one who has the right to, to judge? God. Who's the one who... God. So we have to let go of judging one another concerning those issues when it comes to food um, and don't make that be a source of contention. Anything else? That That's just the first part. Verses five and six. So that's one example. Well, five and six. Go ahead. It was, it's amazing. These are Christians. These ain't folks outside of the body of Christ. Yeah, exactly. And, and remember, we're all from one body, many members, but one body. And we're no stronger than the weakest link. So Paul wants to encourage one another. It's almost like a person is, a, is saved and they've been gone for a while and they come back to the church. How do you welcome him or her? You know, it's, it's something to think about. Because sometimes they don't feel welcome. Yeah. And what does... What does and we'll get into this in a little bit, but what does that mean to be welcoming? What other words can we we use there? Welcoming. When you say someone is welcoming, they are accepting. Accepting. Yes. What else? Hospitality. Hospitality. Mm -hmm. Welcoming. Inviting. You said inviting. Yeah, so all of these words are, are critical in terms of our relationship with one another. So that's just one issue of food. What about now, verses five and six, days of the week? One considers one day more important, whether it's Saturday or Sunday or Wednesday, whatever day of the week, one is more important. Um, some people um, and, and groups, you know, they have certain days that are, designated like okay like us wednesday is bible study so wednesday becomes a sacred day and anyone who doesn't have bible study on wednesday night they must be they must not be saved or they're not serious about god but then somebody else has bible study on tuesday night you know so all these different same thing with worship some worship on Saturday, that become, that is their Sabbath day and mm -hmm. Sunday for 
Uh, most uh, Christians, Sunday is the day of worship. It's, it's no um, saying, don't, don't be divided about which, which day is which. Who created days in the first place? God huh. did. Every day. <laughs> Maybe this is a song. Every day is a day of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Every day belongs to the Lord. And anything else? We're got done. But let, let me just go ahead and read. One person esteems one day as better than the other, while another esteems all days alike. Each one, and this is important, each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to feel a certain way about a day. So if you feel that, hold on to that. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. So this is as to the Lord. It's not to put condemnation or judge. This is your or somebody's worship to the Lord on this day, and it's to honor the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he or she gives thanks to God. All of this is all to the glory of God. So choices and the decisions that we make, let them, him or her, be convinced in their own mind and do it with a spirit of thankfulness to honor the Lord, not to exclude or condemn somebody else. So whether it's food or whether it's days of the week, it's all to the glory of God. We belong to the Lord. Amen? Amen. We're connected together. He is Lord of our lives. And, and he says it there uh, later on in the ne next few verses. Whether we need, <clears throat> we sorry, we neither live nor die to ourselves, right? right. We're living mm -hmm. for one another. We neither live nor die to ourselves. And listen to this. Christ died and rose and is the Lord of the living and the dead. So it's all about to the glory of God. We're, we don't live for our own selves. I'll say that again. <laughs> we don't live for our own selves. We belong to the Lord and we live. Um, this is starting at verse seven. We live to glorify the Lord and all things. And remember that Christ died for that one who we may consider weak. Christ died for that one. That mm -hmm. person is made in the image of God. God died for, the, Jesus died for that person just like he died for me or you. So let's not judge one another or condemn one another, look down on one another. We belong, we belong to the Lord. So is establishing this connection. So that's the first nine verse. Any other thoughts on that? The, the, the examples that were used were food and days of the week. Can that be expanded a little bit more? And we'll see later on in that. But any other thoughts on those first nine verses? I think Paul here brings us to the eternal perspective of looking at all things in life. It's just whether we live or die, we're the Lord's 
For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. So while we're dealing with these uh, choices and these uh, uh, different considerations of different things in life, we need to keep that eternal perspective about what does it matter what we eat today? What is it going to matter in eternity or 100 years from now, whether we ate this or ate that? But if we can keep that eternal perspective, it gives us the opportunity, again, to walk in humility, to be accepting of one another, and to consider where another person may be coming from as long as we don't, as long as we major on the things that are major and ah, not major very good. that are not important, you know, on what is on, um, uh, on the uh, things that are critical, we are, we're, 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 we're to be there, but the things that are not critical for our salvation, our relationship with the God, then we can be accepting and loving one, one another. Amen. Amen. In other words, stop your quarreling and be a peacemaker. Ah, okay. Okay. Oh, what did you say? Be a what? Peacemaker. Oh. Blessed are the pure in heart. And the peacemakers. peacemakers. Yes. And so again, this is part of the ethic of the kingdom of God. And so we're seeing this woven throughout this passage. Let me just go ahead and read 10 through 12. And then I'm going to ask uh, Deacon Brown if you can be ready to read from verse 13 through the end of the chapter in just a moment. But let me go ahead and read verses 10 through 12, because I, I really shouldn't have stopped at nine. But let me read this. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we, for we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Did, did, did we hear that? Mm -hmm. That each one, strong, weak, weak. are going to have to give an account of themselves to, to the Lord. Mm -hmm. It's not all about us because every knee shall bow, every tongue confess before the Lord. It's not to one another. God is the ultimate judge. Neither judge nor despise our brother or sister in the Lord because everyone, well, just because you think someone is weak, that they're going to be judged, but not me because I'm the strong one. No, everyone will stand before the judgment seat of God. Everyone will give an account of him or herself to God. So we are going to be we are going to be accountable to ultimately to God. So get, stay away from this judging and condemning one another. Let God do what God is going to do because he is the Lord and we aren't. I'll say that again. God is the Lord and we are not. Does anybody have any issues with that? Don't answer that question because... <laughs> The answer already is no, because God is God. Uh, Deacon Brown, can you read from verses 13 through the end of the chapter? All right. I have the NIV version. It says, therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. As one who is in the Lord Jesus, I am fully convinced that no food is unclean in itself. 
But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for him it is unclean. If your brother is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not by your eating, do not by your eating destroy your brother for whom Christ died. Do not allow what you consider good to be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a man to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else that would cause your brother to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the man who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But the man who has doubts is condemned if he eats because his eating is not from faith and everything that does not come from faith is seen. Mm. There's a whole lot in this section. And as I mentioned in the beginning, chapters 14 and 15, um, they, they, they go together. So we may not get through all of this, but it's okay. It's going to be connected in, in chapter 15. And so let me pause here. Uh, what are one or two things that stood out in this section from verses uh, 12, or actually verses 13, through the end of the chapter down to verse 23, I believe. So anything else stand out? We should not be a stumbling block for our brother or sister in Christ. Okay. And whatever we do, it should be for the edification or the building up of the, of, of the church or that person because he's a part of the body of Christ. Amen. Anything else? Verse sure. 23 speaks to me. It says, do not tear down the work of God for the sake of food. The work of God is something that's eternal. Food, we eat it today and it's gone somewhere else tomorrow and perishes forever. But God's work is eternal and there's no way we should be tearing it down for something as frivolous as food or other things that are, again, minor things, as we said. Mm -hmm. So we have here in this section again, again, we're working out in our lives, how do we live as people of God in the kingdom of God, loving one another, being concerned about one another. And so one thing he wants to put an end to is let's not judge one another. So, but our relationships, we have to work through and what does that mean? So if we're not, so what can we do then? So we're not to judge, but what does he encourage us to do? So not only does he, is it a prohibition in that first part, but what does he encourage us to do in our relationship with one another? How can we summarize these next few verses? So instead of judging, what does he encourage us to do? One verse, it says, let us make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual 
Wait, I, I want you to say that again slowly. Do what? To do what? Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Make every, make every effort. effort. So it takes to do relationships, take work. Yes. Yes. I like the key word in that uh, passage that uh, Carolyn just read that says mutual mm. edification. Because yeah. when we pull somebody down, we're also reflecting on our own downfall. Yes. When we cause somebody to stumble, it's because we are looking below the love that we're supposed to be reaching out to them with. So it makes us look bad or worse. Yes. When we try to judge somebody else. And I, I had another thought, Pastor, too. Go ahead. Sometimes we as, as seasoned Christians. Go ahead, girl. Go ahead. Can, <laughs> can become so sanctimonious. Mm. that we feel like we have to find something wrong with the weaker or the novice Christian. And sometimes those happen to be our young people. Yes. And at that point, it is dangerous that we turn them away mm. from even what they don't fully understand instead of reaching out and trying to groom them in love. Yes. And I've, I've seen it happen and I, I really have issue with, take issue with that. And I'm sure the Lord does. He and I have. That's, that's good. And uh, you mentioned in particular, in particular uh, the young. And, and I would even expand that because sometimes there's someone who is could be older and we assume because of their age that they also uh, have been around in the faith, but not not everybody grew up in like like me, church boy. I know. So there are some people that come to know the Lord later in life, and we make assumptions uh, about them. And so, um, so rather than judging, uh, he gives us some alternatives. One, and I was kind of, does anybody know what the the golden rule is? What's the golden rule? Yeah, that that's part of again kingdom living is being concerned about somebody else. Be concerned about the needs, views, feelings of others. And as was mentioned earlier, don't put a stumbling block in someone else's way. Be part of the solution, yeah. not part of the problem. How can we grow together? Be concerned about the needs of others. So someone else's spiritual success and growth becomes my concern. And how can I help? And how can we lead to mutual edification? Not only what am I pouring in, but what am I missing? What can I gain? What can I, I learn about myself and about my walk 
with the Lord. Um, and 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 this is a this is a, a challenge because we don't we still have boundaries. We're not enmeshed with one another so that we don't make distinctions. But at the same time, and we're not trying to superimpose where we are. This is about, part of it is about how can we be mentors? What does it, what are, what's one of the significant ro roles of a mentor? Is anybody here a mentor or have been mentored? What are, what are some of the, the, the benefits of, or what are some of the things that a mentor does? Encourage. You said encourage? Yeah. Okay, one encourage. I like the word coaching. Coaching. Yes. Okay, okay. Another word that's close to that is model. Mm -hmm. But all that means relationship and spending time with one another. So modeling, coaching, encouraging. So how can we encourage one another in our walk with the Lord? Paul uses an example in this passage where he goes down and talks about his own convictions. And what does he believe? He says, I, I believe nothing is unclean in itself. So that's where he's coming from. Does he stop there? Verse 14. I'll just go ahead and read it again. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. Mm -hmm. So he is acknowledging what? That people may view things differently. Mm -hmm. He doesn't judge them. He is aware that other people think differently. It is, doesn't that also include intent, Pastor? What 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 do you mean by that? Elaborate a little bit more. When he says that um, if or if someone believes it's unclean, then it is unclean. And that way, if he does it in spite of knowing it's unclean, isn't that the sinfulness of it you you are you just went right ahead to the end of the the chapter because that's exactly mm -hmm. <laughs> that's exactly what it says in the last couple of verses of the chapter because if you do something that's without faith it becomes sin and so for paul he's convinced it's not unclean when it comes to food and drink and those days of the week he has no issues but for that other one who may think that that person, we have to be aware and understand where that person comes from. And once we understand that, what's the next step? Do we have any responsibilities? Yes. Yes, what? we do. What's our responsibility? Well, we, we, have, we want to respect the way they think. We just don't go ahead and do it anyway and throw it to the wind like we can do anything we want, like we want, even though it may offend them or hurt them. Okay, so we have a responsibility to one another. Yeah. 
So yes, don't verse, um, and here it is, verse 15. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat. That's right. You are no longer walking in love. 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 So again, love is the thing that motivates us and moves us because we are concerned about the needs of someone else. That's right. Uh, Anything else? I just want to put a pin right there. I, Go ahead. I have, I have, I have, and I've had some good friends who were seven day Christians. Mm -hmm. They would not eat, some of them would not eat meat and others would not eat what they call scavenger foods. They were vegetarians, but we got along very well because we regarded each other and looked at how each other thought and felt about the Sabbath and about what we ate. And sometimes, sometimes even with us in church, we got certain customs and certain modes of operation that may offend somebody else. Even, even that, because I've seen folk even in the Christian church and, and I, I, I may have a little bit to myself. Some folk don't want you to put the Bible on the floor. They'll get highly offended. Or you touch the communion table. And in, in the Christian church, some folk will get highly offended by that. And it and, and may offend a younger person who's there in the Lord who may not know any better and just do that. And we shouldn't get so bent out of shape because somebody touches the communion table or maybe put the Bible on the floor. But I've seen it happen, but sometimes we do. Amen. Yeah. These are, these, that's why I said it, 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 he uses food and days of the week as, as kind of a, what I say, the gateway into opening up the discussion, but it has broader implications. But one of the things is the, uh, one of the words we use was respect, also loving one another. And if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. Mm-hmm. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. Mm-hmm. Is that soul, is that other person's faith, life in the Lord important enough to us that we are willing to give up something for somebody else's growth and walk with the Lord? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I heard somebody yes. say absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I give up. And verse 17 says, for the kingdom of God, uh-huh. this is what we're talking about, God's rulership, God's authority, God's glorification in our lives and the body of Christ throughout the earth. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. And again, as you said, these are examples or things that are minor things, but the major thing is the kingdom of God. And that is what righteousness Mm-hmm. And peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what it's going to be all about. All these other things are, yeah, we, we deal with them. And as we walk with one another, we walk in love. Mm-hmm. But our key is to be advanced in the kingdom of God in our lives 
in that person who may be weaker in the body of Christ in general and all over the world, the kingdom of God, his righteousness, his peace, his joy in the Holy Spirit is what we're to be centered on in our love, our words, our actions, and that's in his kingdom. Okay, we're, we have a few minutes left. I want to pause there because this is important. That's about, and I have in my notes for my own self, this is about lessons on, about the kingdom of God and, and what the priorities of the kingdom of God are all about. So we may have views on some things, but do not allow, as it said in verse 16, what is good to be spoken of as, as evil. Don't allow that to be a stumbling block and to hurt our brother or sister because we don't want to be guilty of being a stumbling block to one of God's children. Because Jesus has some words about that. If one causes one of the little ones to fall, then it would be better for a millstone to be tied around his neck. So that's that's what Jesus said. And, mm -hmm. and that's the extreme part of that, that, that God loves his children so much. You don't want to mess with God's children, especially <laughs> not over meat or vegetables. So don't go, go messing around with God's children over that. God, God cares about his people. So this is about the kingdom of God. I, I know many of you uh, have heard of Stephen Covey. Anybody? Yes. yes. Okay. So and we've kind of hinted at some of his expressions uh, already tonight about the big rocks or let the main thing be the main thing. So in mm. other words, what is the most important part? What are the big rocks? Righteousness, mm. peace, peace, joy, joy. and the Holy Spirit. Um, this is going to be a test question. So where have we heard those themes before in this letter? Have we heard anything about righteousness before in this letter? Oh, yes. Have we heard anything about peace before in this letter? Oh, yes. Yes. Have we heard anything about joy in this letter? Yes, we have. Yes. So, therefore, being justified by faith, Romans 5, we have what? Peace with God. And both right there, justified, righteousness, peace with God, our relationship with, with God and with, another, with one another. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So even if, when we go back to chapter five, yes. it's kind of a, a, a quick summary of what the kingdom of God is all about. We've been brought by grace through faith into a relationship with God. And that's the priority. Righteousness, hmm. peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And are we doing the things to build one another up so that we can all be walking towards that. And if we are doing that, so, and I'll, and I'll stop on this next point. If we are doing that, I, I will answer this question for you when I'm gonna ask, does everyone here want to live to please the Lord? And I'll answer for you, yes. Yes, yes. So it says the very next part of that, 
if you are living in this way, that is a key to pleasing the Lord. When we are so concerned about others and willing to sacrifice and concerned about the kingdom of God and his values, that's a key to pleasing the Lord, not about ourselves, but it's about giving honor and glory to the Lord. We're going to stop there in verses 16, that section, verses 16 through 18, and we'll continue with that and going right into, I encourage you to read chapter 15 as well. And we'll, again, see the connection on Lord willing on next week. And as a reminder, um, there's an upcoming um, event that's put on by the Family Heritage, getting your papers in order. Um, and let's continue to walk in love with one another. There's a lot that's ha- that it was Paul is saying to us, and it causes us to make sure that A, we don't have a superiority conflict con- complex because we're not all that. We've all been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. We are all one in Christ Jesus and we are concerned for one another so that God would get the glory. Amen? Amen. And amen. We're going to stop there and we'll again 